This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avô tudo bagaite como sei One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up Night Nation? It's week 5 and the 3-in-1 Knights are back home in the bounce house hosting Baylor for our first ever Big 12 home game this week. On today's show we recap the 44-31 loss on the road to Kansas State in Manhattan. First ever game in the Big 12, first ever loss in the Big 12. We go over my experience and the trip to Manhattan, it was a really really good time. And uh, a look ahead to Baylor, a couple other notable college football games, um, and as always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag, and speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, flew into the Little Apple as underdogs to the Kansas State Wildcats in its first ever Big 12 Conference football game. An explosive run-after catch on a screenplay netted the first touchdown at 27 yards by R.J. Harvey for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to three different night listeners, Cashflow Carney, Matthew Hers, and KTJ9802 for all guessing 22 yards, which was the closest. Timmy McLean added two more touchdown throws and a bit of trickery to give the Knights a lead in the third quarter, but it was the run game of the Wildcats that could not be stopped. Final score, Kansas State 44, UCF 31. Man, what a game. So much to go over. Uh, I guess just kind of my overall thoughts. Um, you know, they came out really, really hot. And I think we, you know, showed some perseverance and kind of battled back. And then it kind of just got away from us toward the end of the game. But, you know, it felt like a winnable game looking back. But also they were clearly the better team. And, uh, you know, disappointing, yeah, but, I'm, you know, there were a lot of things to uh, to be optimistic about. Uh, it's a really, really tough road game. And, you know, for Timmy, it's his first real start. Uh, yeah, I don't really count last week. It was on the road, hostile environment. And you forget, you know, Kansas State's the defending Big 12 champ. So overall, I mean, I hate the moral victory thing, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't the outcome we wanted. But, uh, you know, I'm still really optimistic for, for the rest of the season. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think the way that the game played out, looking at it now, it, it, it's basically how, you know, the lay of the landscape is in the Big 12. I think we were the newcomers, you know, a lot of people not really taking us seriously. Uh, and Kansas State, you know, like somebody said, somebody else said on Twitter, they're 100 years older than we are as a university. So a lot of tradition, you know, they're the big powerhouse um, you know, they're not the Texas, Oklahoma type, but still like they've been playing football for a long, long time. And, uh, I thought it was nice for us to battle back in the second and third quarter. Um, but it's going to be tough. Like there are no temples on our schedule. There are no, you know, easy wins on our conference schedule. So each one of these wins is going to have to be earned and, uh, I think it was a good it was a good first game. Yeah, definitely. So, uh let's, you know, let's go back through the game. I said, you know, KSU came out hot and they just drove it right uh right down our throats and scored and it happened so quick. I was like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> and we haven't we we haven't even had the ball yet, but it uh just wasn't the best feeling to start the game off, but we ended up scoring a couple times, so then it was 10-7 and then it ended up being 21 to 10 and that was the point where I was like all right like this is this is our chance here you know this is really going to show like if we I don't want to say belong or not but you know if we can really compete with this team and, and we battled right back and you know it, it was a pretty pretty close back and forth game um up yeah until- I was surprised that you know in the in the late second quarter I remember texting my other friend I'm like all right we got the ball down 21 10 all we have to do is score right before the half get the ball back, we can score again, and crazy that it actually happened that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which it never does, almost. Um, 
Yeah. So it was interesting. You know, we, we, I think we executed a lot of things. Well, I think we had, you know, some miscues and definitely some opportunities too, but all in all, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's going to have to be earned. No easy wins. Yeah. So it's 21 to 10. And at that point, um, it, you know, it's midway through the second quarter and the people around me are like, dude, if you want to get beers at all, you have to go now. Cause like the beer garden is just absolutely insane. If you wait till halftime. So I was like oh, down 11, uh, you know, definitely time for a couple beers. That was like my, the only negative I could find from the whole weekend is there's no, you can't get a beer and bring it to your seats. There's just this beer garden area thing, which, you know, if it's not close to your seats, it's at each end zone. So you have to go there and you can't drink, you can't take the beer out. So of course, when I go there is when we score, um, both of those touchdowns, I was in there and then I had to run back to my seat and, and then we didn't really do anything for the rest of the game after that. But, uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of, you know, the, the story of the game. Um, but we hung in there with them, um, you know, the defense, like I said, Kansas State came out kind of hot, and then we kind of tightened it up, but we kept giving them the ball back, and eventually, you know, K-State scored on their, their final four possessions, and uh, but we had all the opportunities there. Um, you know, what did you think about the defense? Uh, obviously, we could not stop uh, the running back, Giddens, or whatever. Yeah, it really wasn't any uh, super long – uh, runs. I think he did have a 40 yarder, but besides that, like it just seemed like every run was eight, nine yards and it was like impossible to stop anything. I don't understand why it seems like this is, this happens every year. We can't stop the run. We can't stop the run. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. And you know, a couple of his big runs, I counted like three, four missed tackles on each one. And, you know, that, that could really make a difference, and it would have. But, but yeah, you know, it really felt like they could kind of move the ball, you know, at will. And we did stop them for a few drives in the middle of the game, but after that, there, there just wasn't much, you know. Um, only two tackles for loss and one sack on the other side of the ball. Kansas State had eight tackles for loss, four of those being sacks. Although, really, only one of them should have been a sack. Three of them were plays where – you know, Timmy really should have just thrown the ball away. Um, and for whatever reason, he just ran around until he kind of got tired or someone tackled him. And then actually the, there were two times he didn't do that, but he just threw up a, he like hit all the buttons on the controller. And the first time it happened, somehow it went to, I think it was RJ Harvey for a first down. And then the second time he did that and threw it up, it was a pick with no one even remotely close, but you know, these are things to be expected from a guy in his first, his first real big time start in, in over two years, and um, he he really played well. This might not make sense. He played well, kind of besides what I was just talking about, taking those deep sacks that really hurt us, and obviously just throwing the ball up. But those are really easily fixable things. So I, I think Timmy overall played really well. Yeah, I think so too. I think he made a few. The mistakes that he did make, though, were pretty costly. Like that's a good way to put uh, it. I don't understand the running backwards. Like he was trying, he was really trying to not tuck and run, but that's kind of one of his strengths. So yeah, he, he did so much like running sideline to sideline, like trying to find someone open and couldn't, and then just ended up taking a sack or like just run one instead of throwing it away he like ran out of bounds like for minus 10 so it's basically a sack that was bad let's talk about the running game too you know box score says 34 rushes for 143 yards so it's you know just over four average seems okay but if you take out Richardson's six carries for 76 yards um that's actually 28 rushes for for 67, less than three yards a rush. But that gets mixed. That gets messed up because they count the sacks in there, which I don't know why they do that for college. It's really annoying. But without Richardson's touches and without anything Timmy did, 16 rushes for 52 yards, really uncharacteristic of our offense. Normally, it doesn't matter who touches the ball, whether it's Harvey McDonald or Richardson. 
we were always up until this game able to, you know, move the ball very well. And, and that just wasn't there. And then when you can't rush the ball, it makes them be able to defend the pass better, you know, and especially at the end of the game where, you know, the game script goes, we've got to, we've got to start moving the ball more and we're passing more. And it just really, really got, it got really hard for, uh, you know, for receivers to get open. And that's why Timmy was running around. But, you know, at the end of the day, throwing the ball away is, is not a bad play, but those are easily fixable things. So not too concerned about that, but I just can't yeah, believe in, at the end of the day, you know, when you can't get the run game going and you also can't stop the other team from running, probably going to have a bad day. Not a good combo. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to Richardson real quick. Only six touches. Um, I mean, again, this isn't going to like change the game, but when he's the only running back that's rushing the ball, well, I feel like we could have given it to him more. These are just little nitpicky things, but uh, usually the carries are kind of even with him and Harvey, and Harvey had like twice as many. But uh, the ones he did have were awesome, though. He was very, very hard to tackle. We are only 5 of 12 on third down, and two of our touchdowns were on third and long. So if you think of it that way, this game actually could have been a little bit closer to a blowout. And obviously the box score made it, uh, or the final score is a little bit closer than, than the game was when we scored that uh, kind of garbage time touchdown at the end, which I was fuming. I'm like, just get it over with. Like, But actually kind of glad we, we did that. Also, I, I, I had bet on our team total points over 24.5. So thank you, Gus. Maybe uh, maybe he had that bet too. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that must have been you sweating at the end there. I put that bet in like a week before. I completely forgot about it. I, I just wanted him to end the game. I, I was so sick of it. I was just upset. It it just felt like there were so many things that we could have done to at least have like a better chance toward the end. And I mean, there was the delay of games and the long sacks. And, you know, another thing too, actually, was um, this was really a game changer was that roughing the passer on. Traymond Morris Brash that um, yeah that was tough th- third and six we're down a touchdown and in person and even on the replay in person um I didn't think it was anything but I, I just watched it at home and that was just a boneheaded move I mean it wasn't the worst but he clearly pushed him and he was running right at the quarterback and saw he didn't have the ball. And you just can't do that. Even if your momentum's going forward, you got to do the put the arms up thing. So like you act like you're trying not to hit him, but he clearly pushed him and penalties really, really hurt us. You know, we had 10 penalties for 80 yards in our first two games. We had four penalties. And then last game we had seven now 10 this game. And that's, that's another thing that, um, you know, we, we need to work on. Yeah, I thought the penalties could have been cleaned up a little bit, but again, uh, you know, uh, inexperienced in in Big Twelve play, uh, you know, going on the road, hostile environment. I think we did okay. Like, obviously, there's a lot to to clean up, but you know, we're gonna go over some of the projected lines for the rest of the year, and currently at three and one, it's kind of you know, in that six and six, seven and five range that we had talked about at the beginning of the year. So I think we're, we're pretty much on pace still. There's nothing egregious. You know, we, we were underdogs in this game, so we weren't supposed to win the game. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, we hung with them and I, obviously not the result I wanted, but um, really, really proud of these guys that they really fought to the end and we showed we could hang with the reigning Big 12 champs. And I'm happy with that. Um, just a couple other things from the game to talk about. Kobe Hudson, man, clearly our, our wide receiver one. He is a baller. And that's another thing, too. I mean, towards the end of the game, I really thought we, sh- we should just start chucking up deep balls because, you know, we did it on a third and long and we got a pass interference. We had that one the long touchdown that wasn't the flea flicker uh, to Hudson that, I mean, that was, he was decently well covered by two guys and, and just got the ball. And, you know, I feel like when we really couldn't move the ball any other ways, the short passes or intermediate passes didn't seem to be there. I, I think uh, 
couple more deep shots could have helped or wouldn't have hurt, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it worked when we had Hypel just yeah. run down the field and chuck it up and get a pass interference. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I know our receivers are a lot better than those corners, and, you know, with kind of how the yeah. game was going, I don't think it would have hurt to take a couple more shots, but, um, you know. But another, Kobe Hudson, go ahead. I was just going to say, another thing, too, is um, rewatching the game, the O-line actually pass-blocked pretty well. but um, I'd agree. Yeah. I, I thought the pass-blocking was – pretty solid it seemed like he had all the time in the world it just he couldn't find somebody open and he wouldn't tuck in and run it, that's yeah. you know just in, it's just inexperience yeah and i would have jrp have done any better uh, i don't know no nah, i don't think maybe. That, that maybe a little but that's not the difference in the game i wish i could watch football better where i could go back and I don't know like what his first second reads and stuff like that are and and how any of that stuff works but uh it'd be interesting to know kind of you know if there was stuff there and he just didn't see it or if those guys are really covered on those plays and uh we need but, to have like a a little YouTube segment where like you are in a film room with I don't know Bortles or something all right yeah breaking down the i mean that would be cool that would be cool you know that would be really cool but uh right yeah anyway real quick back to kobe hudson and i have one other little tidbit kobe hudson currently the fifth uh leading receiver in uh receiving yards in the nation uh only a couple higher than him and he's got yeah, through four games, mostly other lead, other leaders also have four games. Four hundred sixty-three yards um, on twenty catches, two touchdowns. So obviously averaging over a hundred. Pretty crazy though. Uh, first week, I was I was saying Kobe Hudson probably our number one instead of the one B receiver in this uh, kind of tandem between him and Baker. But don't count my boy Baker out. Oh, no. Like he still has, he still has something to prove, and I feel like Kobe, you know, this little comp- competition between him and Kobe of being like the top two receivers. It's really, you know, Baker's going to have his breakout game soon. It just feels like he's due for a monster game, and uh, I, I want to take a look, see if there's any like receiving yard or touchdown or anytime score or props for Baker because I think he's due, and Baylor, this might be the game for it. Absolutely. So one last thing I wanted to talk about was the, oh, the spread. How how I was saying, like, we were underdogs. We weren't supposed to, weren't, you know, projected to win this game. So I look back, last three years, we've only been underdogs uh, six times in about 36, 35, 35 games. So one out of six. What's that percentage? Uh, Like 17. Ho. So 83% of the time we're favored. Well, I mean, again, that's what happens when you're in the American, I guess. But Right. Um, Anyways, I don't know. Road dog, typical. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it any more than it is. We lost. Yeah. yeah Sucks. It, 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 <laughs> so this is obviously much better than getting blown out, which is a possibility in, you know, tough out-of-conference away game. Um but it, like I said before, we we hung with them, and we were clearly a little outmatched. But you know, I'm optimistic going forward. Every game's winnable. And uh, anyway, um, all right, let me talk about the trip up there, and then uh, we can go into Baylor a little bit. So Kansas State is in Manhattan, Kansas. So you fly into Kansas City, Missouri. And then it's about a two-hour drive west through pretty much absolutely nothing until you get to Manhattan. Manhattan is a legit college town, but it is just a town that's around this college. It's not like Ann Arbor where it felt like a city. Like I think the population in Manhattan is only, I think that someone told me 50,000 and like half of that student. So everyone there on Friday night was there for the game. It was just the coolest thing. This area of bars, it's called Aggieville, um, which stands for agriculture. 
were agricultural because they're they're like an A&M school. Everyone there was like farmers and stuff like that. But I was like, why would they call it Aggies? Because that's Texas A&M, not realizing what that stood for. Um, anyway, so there's like all these bars in this Aggieville area and they're all kind of college bars. But what was cool is because it was a game weekend, there's lots of like older people mixed in. And it, it wasn't like, like if me and you just popped in a library, like it was just there were everyone was just at all the college bars and that's you know the whole town revolves around kansas state and it was awesome and the people could not have been nicer um everyone just offering you beers and stuff everywhere and like advice you know go here check this food out um just super warm and welcoming and um i guess the only it was funny this one lady was asking me she's like oh like you know what should we do when we go to orlando and, uh, you know, like she was asking like, what's good around UCF? And I was just like, uh, I don't know, burger you. <laughs> it just stinks that we don't have like a really cool experience like that to offer. Like, you know, the college bars are the college bars. And really, if you want to go to some decent bars, um, it's kind of, I guess it used to be downtown. I, I don't even know, but whatever. At least there's theme parks and crap for people to do while they visit here. Um, Oh, one other thing, tailgating. So met this army guy. Um, can it, uh, what was his name? Oh, met this army guy, Cordell. Really, really cool. He took me and two other UCF guys through the Greek park tailgating. So none of their frat houses are near like the stadium. So they just have this one giant long line of different tailgates set up. And everyone was nice up to that point, but I could tell walking in here that if I wasn't with like two really big army KSU guys that like there would have been a lot of like hostility because everyone was staring at me but it was cool and again that wouldn't be anything different than memory mall but really really fun uh experience overall and I mean I don't I don't have any other big 12 places to compare it to but people have told me it's one of the better ones so when they come around next time uh everyone should definitely definitely make that trip yeah, sounds like you had a blast, and hopefully I'll be able to make it up there in yeah, one, 2025. One day, you know, especially, you know, as Emily gets older, you can do more stuff with her, too. Um, or just, you know, dump her off on your parents, whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's on talk about the next week. Yeah, let's talk about Baylor real quick. First Big 12 home game, 3.30 kickoff on, you guessed it, FS1. Line when I last looked was eleven and a half. Moo, how are we looking heading into this huge home game? Well, I mean Baylor is pretty bad, so it should be a nice, comfortable win. Don't say that. Um, Big Twelve team, <laughs> Big Twelve team. We can't no, dude. I mean, yeah, they're one and three with you know losses to juggernaut Texas State from the Sun Belt and. You're number one in the Mountain West Conference, Air Force, but they did only lose to Utah 20 to 13. They had their backup quarterback, but that's still a good team. There are no, I don't like this 11 and a half line. This game could easily be really close. Now, I do think, I really think we stomp them and blow them out, but conference games, man, anything can happen. I'm just not getting ahead of myself here with this. Yeah, I mean, but family weekend, so you know it, it's been sold out for a long, long time. It's going to be freaking packed. 3.30 game, the best kickoff time at the bounce house, in my opinion. Um, Definitely. You I got the do stuff after, actually. Exactly. If you have enough stamina left. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just go back to the hotel or yeah. <laughs> just sit in bed and watch uh, – some of the late games and fall asleep every time. But it's, it's nice to think that you could. Exactly. You have that option. Now, every time there's like an earlier, like, you know, like a noon or one or three kickoff, I'm always like, oh, Jamal, I'm going to library after. And then by the time I'm done getting out of the stadium and walking to wherever I have to go to get a ride somewhere, I'm just like, oh, I want to go to bed. But um I have the game currently uh, UCF minus 14 is my projected line. All right. Uh, so a little S- bit of value smidge. on UCF. Um, so, yeah, it would have to be – it would have to get down to like minus seven 
which I don't think is going to happen for me to pull the trigger on that one. But anyways, um, you know, I'm right there and kind of in line with what everybody else thinks. I'm telling you, man, you just never know what these conference games, but I really do think we blow them, blow them out, make a statement in our first home game. We're going to be fired up. I'm sure this week of practice was not the most fun for these guys. You know, we talked about just a lot of mistakes, the missed tackles, the penalties. Uh, I know Timmy's going to tighten up his game, but uh, I think we're really going to be ready to come out and dominate in front of this home crowd. It is a whiteout for family weekend, which I don't know why we're not, which I don't understand why we're not wearing white uniforms. Ours haven't been announced, but Baylor uh, tweeted theirs out and they're wearing all white. And, I mean, as you know, I think white's probably like the third most popular color for our fans to wear, or maybe second behind black, but it's not easy to get everyone to wear white, and if we're not wearing white, I don't know why we're doing this. This is, um, maybe those, maybe I'm giving our fan base uh, not enough credit. I just don't see everyone wearing white. A lot of people don't even have white UCF gear. There's not a good selection out there. I don't know. I mean, any good UCF fan needs to have a full array of colors you know, depending on what I usually try and match my outfit to what we're wearing. Right. Like, but we're not I wearing have, white though. So why right, are we even, do, why are we even just doing saying, a whiteout? Like, that's, that's kind of my point. I um, don't know. You don't know. Come on, move. I thought you had all the answers. <laughs> um, maybe that, maybe that Baylor, it's like a fake out and they're not a little switcheroo. Um, hmm. so, Another thing that's interesting, though, too, Baylor's offense, only eight touchdowns in four games. Uh, that's the same amount that Ouch. we ha- same amount that we had in just week one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything can happen. This is a uh, – I mean, I, I, th- I think we win this game. But I would not be surprised if, if it's, a, it's a close game at all. A couple of random facts about Baylor. I did not know this, but – only have 15,000 students. I thought it was a lot bigger huh. school than that. Um, also, the rematch from the 2013 Fiesta Bowl, which we overcome, we overcame being the biggest BCS Bowl underdog to outright win ever. Yep. They're 17 and a half point dogs. I thought it was um, like 14. I swear every year people add a point to this record, but it was definitely 17 big. and a half. Speaking of that, since it is kind of the 10-year anniversary of that upset, um, the whole 2013 team will be back for this game. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're having I a— I mean, you, uh, know every, you know every—oh, they are having like a dinner? They're having a, uh, like a special banquet-type celebration or for— uh, George for, coming? For the team. I heard George is going to be there. Uh, I heard Blake might not be, but I heard pretty much everyone else is going to be there. And uh, it's it's for shareholders and um, or I guess it's, it's shareholder only, but it's actually a really sweet perk of being a shareholder because this, I mean, this is an event that just doesn't happen very often, something like this. So it'll be cool. Cause yeah, that's awesome. This is the team that like, they're like my team, our team. You know, these are the guys we were in school with and really the team that, that put us in the map. So going to be uh, really awesome to, to see everyone back together. You know, every like true old school UCF fan, well, I say old school, this is 10 years ago, but every true UCF fan has the like flat brim Fiesta Bowl hat. Oh, yeah. From 2014. I think I've bought that same hat like four times. Yep. I lost it, gotten ruined. I've probably bought one it. of the most iconic UCF hats. Such a good hat. I, I think in hist- in UCF history. No, it's dude. It's such a good hat. The because that was the old Fiesta Bowl. It was like the Tostitos theme, and the whole under part of the brim is yellow with like the sun, kind of orange. Um, just such a good hat. I'll never get that that image of Blake just pulling it down on the podium with the goodnight shirt over his shoulder pads, just like smiling. Um, God, it was like the best day of my life back then. But Oh, also the goodnight shirt. The good Dang, night if I was sh- going to the game, I would like wear that. I don't care if it's black. Right? I wear that hat and That's that what shirt. I'm saying. You kind of <laughs> have to. Those, yeah. those were like the best merch ever. And 
And then to make it worse, the Peach Bowl stuff was absolutely awful. The hats were like those weird like dad hats, and they didn't didn't fit like Tristan Hill. It it only covered like half of his head. (laughs) But uh, uh, what are we talking about? So anyway, (laughs) yeah, we're just talking about old Fiesta Bowl stuff. But yeah, Baylor out of Waco, Texas, pretty random. Don't really know where Waco is. Uh, It's out west. It's like West Texas. But uh, their most famous alma mater. I'm gonna do this every week now since these are team, like no, actually it's good, man. We schools. we need to catch up. We don't know these schools. A <laughs> uh, couple of famous alma mater, obviously RG three, um, who's like a commentator now, was quarterback of the Redskins, and uh, I think he was the second. Uh, se- he's second in passing yards. Uh, for in Baylor history, ESPN analyst Trey Wingo, also Baylor al- alma mater, Did not know um, that. Joanna Gaines from that one TV show. Oh, and Trey Wingo's US... got laid off, but yeah. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> U.S. Senator Rand Paul. Hey, yo. All four very interesting and very random. Very, ra- very so. random. <laughs> I tried to pick like one of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I tried to no, pick four that like there were no six degrees to, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, very different. <laughs> like they couldn't be sectors. connected in any which way. Well, I'm just Googling uh, Baylor players in the NFL. Like who else besides RG3? Didn't they have like a running back? Bryce Petty. <laughs> Dude, I hate when you click on an article. Like for some like this was top current NFL players from Baylor. You click it and it's a slideshow, and then you go to click the arrow and it's an ad. Just make the list. Oh, <laughs> oh top three career receiving leaders: Kendall Wright, uh, Terrence Williams was on the Cowboys, and Katie Cannon. Hmm. Yeah, there's looks like there's twelve or thirteen guys currently in the NFL, and I've heard of two of them. Xavier Howard, big time, and Tyquan Thornton, just because I like watching the Patriots. Oh, and Jamichael Hasty for the uh, Jags, but Hasty. Although I guess that's about the same amount we have. And if you know a Baylor fan looked at the Knights in the NFL, they probably wouldn't know a ton of people outside of uh, you know Gabe Davis and and AJ Boye, uh, right? Who are other notables in the, like in oh, the NFL? Richie Grant. I know, like Pro Bowlish level. Yeah, it's not. I mean, not a ton. It's guys that we Josh know. Josh Sitton. Is he still playing? Did he retire? Uh, I think he retired. This is the first year he's <laughs> eligible for the Hall of Fame, along with Brandon Marshall. <laughs> uh, oh, so okay. yeah, they've been out of the league for five years. Brandon Marshall probably won't make the Hall of Fame, but. If you look at his stats, man, he put up some incredible numbers. And uh, I think he had one game with, like, 20 receptions also. Um, just just a baller, man. It kind of stinks his uh, – you know, I don't think he ever won a playoff game in all those years. But anyway, good dude. Been coming around UCF a lot. He was at the last home game, and uh, he was at the spring game too. So, um, All right, so just real quick. After Baylor this week, we play number 24, Kansas, on the road, then a bye week, and then number 14, Oklahoma, also on the road. Um, and Oklahoma just beat Cincinnati 20-6. to Not sure if you caught any of that game, but they did not look that impressive. And I thought, I thought really it was going to be a beatdown, especially after how Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio the week before. But... Oklahoma didn't look that good, so definitely good news for us. Yeah, they really didn't, and uh, I kind of thought Cincinnati had a chance at the beginning. Then I was like, "Oh, I forgot Emory Jones." Honestly, trash if they, quarterback. If they had like a serviceable quarterback, they would have been fine. But he was just not good. <laughs> he was the lowest rated uh, from pro fo- Pro Football Focus out of the entire Big Twelve this week. And I think Timmy was actually like number three. It's number two. Number two, yeah, but and it was only behind uh, Quinn. Right Harris behind Will Howard. Oh. No, Will Howard oh, Will was number Howard. one, I thought. Dude, he's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, he is. They're just a good team. 
But they're a good team. I thought they were fun. I don't want to say they were fun to watch, but that freaking you always want to have like a big fat tight end. <laughs> that white guy sitting or whatever. Dude, he 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 was good. Stin it. Yeah. Why was he open over I, the middle like yeah. every time? There were a bunch like of Kelsey. times. He yeah, he was a he looked huge compared to our DBs out there. Um Oh, a couple other games. FSU Clemson. That was a pretty wild game. Uh, I still think FSU's a pretender, but that that was a fun game to watch. I don't know, a little cardiac Knowles, dude. Yeah, seriously. Every week. Seriously. <laughs> Every week it's like this. But, you know, there were we talked when we talked last week, you had mentioned, is this, um, what, what did you call it? Something Saturday? Separation Saturday. Separation Saturday. And a uh, bunch of good games. No, no real upsets uh, or anything. Colorado, they kind of came back to earth. Uh, I remember I had asked you about that line. It was 21. I was like, are they just begging people to take Colorado because Oregon's going to win by 40? And, uh, yeah, they pretty much did. Um, still a cool score. Cool story, definitely rooting for Dion out there. And then one last thing, um, all four of the Big 12 newcomers lost, but this week I guarantee one will win because Friday night since he plays at BYU. Then really the only big game conference-wise, and this is a big one, number 24 Kansas at number 3 Texas. It's unfortunately at the same time as the Baylor game, Texas favored by... 16 and a half. Um, it's going to be so much fun later in the season when there's just going to be these like really important ranked in conference games that actually matter to people outside of their respective fan bases. We never had that before. Yeah, I know. I, I was really tired of like the old second to last week Memphis Houston unranked versus unranked matchup to there determine was, who we play in the conference title game. There were always some really, really funny games, though, in the American. Uh, some games that, like, three touchdown favorites that ended up being close, and then, you know, like, Temple getting blown out 70 to nothing, and always a lot of Thursday night action, but uh, definitely glad to be gone and in a real conference now, Power Six. Um, all right, so that being said... Now it's time to move on to our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. Yet another classic, classic, one and one <laughs> last week for me. One with Utah. Nice little win for Utah uh, against UCLA. Very low scoring, but again, their defense is... Very good. And then lost with Boise State. They had this in the bag. Oh. Garbage time touchdown. Like 10 seconds left. Meant nothing. But the spread uh, the spread was 10, right? Or no. No, 7. 7, and they were up 10. Yeah. And they scored with 10 seconds left. <laughs> yeah. No. So anyway, moved to a very mediocre 4-4 four and four on the year. <laughs> but we got two more. Uh coming into this week so we'll try for i've had one two and oh week this year dude talk about mediocre uh, two one and ones one two and oh and one oh and two to be four and four like you can't moon. get any more like middle of the road than that you're moody okay. um <laughs> so first pick we're gonna go with south carolina plus 12 and a half at tennessee look we found out a week or two ago, Hypel fraud against Florida. South Carolina, a tough out with Spencer Rattler at the helm. They stuck around with Georgia, actually, covered the spread. I, they're going to get somebody this year. They're not a great team. Um, Neither is Tennessee. But like, they're going to get somebody, and it might as well be fat fraud Hypel. <laughs> That's funny. Especially getting 12 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking South Carolina. The one thing is I could see Tennessee being still pissed off from the Florida game because they didn't play last week, did they? That was a dumb thing Yeah, to they, say. Pl they oh. played – it was like an FCS Okay, score, that, that's so what I thought. A, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I do like that pick. That's one that kind of stood out to me. Uh, that's a lot of points for an in-conference matchup versus two teams that aren't great. And South Carolina's looked okay at times. So, all right, what's the second pick? 
Second pick, a little bit of a surprise here. My dark horse pick for the Big 12. I'm going to go with Texas Tech minus nine and a half against Houston. Look, this is all about home and away. Uh, Texas Tech, they they only lost by one score versus Oregon uh, at home. And 41-3 to win. Um, their only win of the year is against FCS Tarleton State. Might even be like FDS. I don't know. <laughs> F. Houston. Yes. <laughs> very bad team. Their only road game this year. They've lost. They lost to Rice. Um, Beach. So that's not good. Who Beach just got beat? Who just got beat by USF? So Texas Tech. Yes, they're one three. However, um, close loss to Oregon. You know they did lose to Wyoming. They lost to West Virginia by a score. I, I think Texas Tech, you know, the two the two losses to Wyoming and West Virginia were on the road. Quality. This team is a lot. This team is a lot more talented than one and three. I saw somebody on Twitter is like, "Oh my god, one and three Texas Tech. How are we?" Because I think later on, I have us projected to be uh, underdogs in this game. So they're clearly yeah. better than their record. Yeah, and also, you know, the road uh, home and away thing is that Texas Tech's a lot better at home than on the road, especially for us, first meeting all time against Texas Tech. Uh, You know, they're still a good team. So this is one of those where, you know, the power rank suggests the team is a lot better than their actual record uh, could catch a lot of people off guard saying like, why should a one and three team be favored by 10 Man. against Houston in a conference game? Doesn't really make sense, but this is kind of the like deep dive into the analytics, uh, Even, that I do for you guys. Yeah. And that's, that's why we love having you. And we love this segment. You're right. At, at face value, you look at one and three, you're like, Oh, they're trash, but they're actually a decent team, you know, two close losses on the road to start the season ain't the end of the world and Houston's just doo-doo so uh, I I, you know their coach is gonna be on the hot seat here pretty soon I like that pick a lot let's recap them real quick we're gonna take South Carolina plus 12 and a half at Tennessee and Texas Tech minus nine and a half versus Houston let's get get that that money. money cola chiming in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah um all right uh before we do moose mailbag real quick last week i actually i'm going i have my old notes up from last week and i meant to give two picks but then when i was asking you about the oregon colorado game i just got distracted and we went on to mailbag so i'm just i'm gonna keep making some picks so the one i did say was duke uh minus 21 and a half at uconn and they whooped them i think they won by it was like 47 to six, something like that. So that was an easy win. So I'm going to count that one and oh. And this week, my picks real quick. I want to do, uh, I like USC minus 21 at Colorado. I think they blow them out. And Duke plus five and a half versus Notre Dame at home. Just, I just, I just want to compete with you a little bit here. And uh, I don't okay. think. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, well, you know. I, do I get a chance to give my opinion on these couple? Oh yeah, go for it. I just I didn't <laughs> I I barely had anything to say. Like I said, uh, I think Colorado gets blown out again. USC's quarterback is much better. Team overall probably about the same as Oregon, but I think they put it on them. And um, I really like Duke this year, so I'm riding with them two weeks in a row. Yeah, so I completely agree with the USC pick. I think Colorado, you know, they're just not. Look, they're. Much better than they were last year. Let's just say that. Of <laughs> but course. as far as like, you know, all the hype and everything, look, they beat a bad TCU team. They beat a dreadful Nebraska team. Took overtime to beat a, a 21 point, uh, as a 21 point favorite. Rivalry game. Like, but yeah. you're, yeah, you're completely right. USC, I think, dominates this game. Now, the Duke Notre Dame game. Duke, uh, Dang, why can I never remember this guy's name? Is it Riley Green or Riley Patterson? No. <laughs> Riley Patterson, the Memphis kicker? Or no, old quarterback? I'm getting old. 
I'm looking in the Big Ten. Why am I in the Big Ten? Dude, ACC. When I'm ACC. when I'm on the ESPN app and it, like you hit the down thing to pick your conference, I I, I just now stopped hitting the American like out of habit. <laughs> so we're, we're making progress here. Riley Leonard. Nowhere close. He's still their quarterback. Yeah. He's only a junior. This is the guy that like completely annihilated us in the Boca Cheramundi Bundy <laughs> Cherries or whatever Boca Bowl. Wait, that no, that was. Oh no, the Military Bowl. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I was gonna say that was. Uh, that was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Bust. Well, you know they're saying this guy could be a top ten pick too. So. Yeah, no, I mean, he he's good. They've been fun. Death taxes and us getting routed by a <laughs> top ten quarterback at a subpar school. <laughs> Very familiar. All right, so right, yeah, especially if they, Leonard, if they wear blue and white too. <laughs> Riley Leonard. Okay, so the game. Oh no, dude! Come on, the uh-oh. game. Uh oh. Oh no, wait! I'm looking at the wrong thing. It's at Duke. Okay, <laughs> and it's homecoming. Good uh-oh. lord. All right, what's the spread again? Four? I saw five and a half. Notre Dame, minus five and a half? Correct, yeah. And you're taking Duke? All right, yeah, I mean, dang, you know they're going to be pissed off from that stupid Ohio State loss. That, like, they should yeah. have won that game. Yeah. Crap, but Duke, I, I, I mean, is that. this the biggest? What's Duke? Duke's ranked in the top 20, I think, right? Uh, they're 17 right now. Could this be the biggest game in Duke? football in the last i don't know decade if you ever? didn't if you didn't say football i was about to cut in and say 2019 uh round of 32 versus i mean this has to be right no it's is it, this game is day he, going it, going there this is huge um i think they are really? i think they said something last week that they've never been to duke oh yeah no i, I heard for that football yep, yep. uh um, i don't know man this, this yeah. could be a toss-up but you know, you you rode with Duke the first time. I ride with them again, but I, I think Notre Dame's going to be a little upset. All right, going to be mad. So so those are the picks, and then um, I'm pissed I didn't say I, I wanted to take USF last week. I know very strange to say, but I knew Rice sucked, and honestly, like USF was just fired up after the biggest loss in school history to Alabama. But uh, I took the money line and that one easy. But we don't count that because I didn't say it. So want to know. Those are the picks. Duke plus five and a half and USC minus 21 and a half. Um, let's get that money, whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up. Uh, we've got Moose Mailbag where we answer everyone's questions. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Like, Give us a little review. Thank you. All right. First question is from Dr. Drew. Oklahoma game. Lots of us heading there. So scale of one to ten, how wild? Think the Oklahoma fans will be hostile. Um, you know, I I think it's going to be more of the same for just like a Kansas State. I mean, most Midwestern people are pretty nice. I, I don't think their fans have ever been like known to be super hostile. They might be a little, I don't know, not bitter, but I can't think of the word. But the whole DG thing like adds just another layer to the, I guess, one year of rivalry. That, that we'll have yeah. with them. But, uh, you know, when UCF fans travel well, they travel everywhere. So it's just a, uh, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be wild, but it also is probably going to be a, you know, Oklahoma is a 20 plus point favorite. So it's not like it's supposed to be close. Um, the money line. But I think that. if we bring our, yeah, but I think if we bring our A game, you know, anything could happen. They definitely have some issues with tougher defenses. Um, so not a problem. You know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we bring up there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, should be a fun time. Yeah. So you know, it's funny because heading into last week, you know, I, I thought Oklahoma was really good. I think I had them in, in like number five or six in my top twenty-five. Um, and then you know, they they just did not look good against Cincinnati. Cincinnati had all the opportunities to make that game closer and you know they, they really just couldn't but Oklahoma didn't really do anything to like put them away and they had you know tons of chances so I actually feel way more confident after our loss and their win last week about the Oklahoma game than I did before um as far as their fans I was kind of asking around 
uh, in Manhattan just about like other fan bases, like who's your favorite place to visit or away game to go to? Who's kind of, you know, any bad fan bases or places you don't like? They said Oklahoma's cool, but I did hear, you know, they can be a little hostile, but who knows? You know, that's an in-conference game for them that's been going on for a while. So I think they'll welcome us with open arms. And uh, remember, there's always a couple bad apples in every fan base, actually probably besides Kansas State. But, uh, you know, don't let one little anecdote ruin your impression of a fan base overall. All right, this next question is from... Steve George looks like Kansas state had some baddies, even with being in middle of nowhere, Kansas, they treat you well. (laughs) (laughs) The fans treated me well. And yeah, they had some very, very attractive women. Uh, Not even close to Florida. We by far have the hottest girls on the planet in this state. Um, But you know, maybe the chicks up there had a little more depth, Um, but everyone treated me really well. It was, it was just such a good time. I, I cannot say enough about that school, that fan base, the camp. Everything was just really, really neat and uh, overall great experience. All right. I did not read oh. that question before, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what I was walking into, but there you go. thank you. You um, answered it well. Follow-up from Steve George. Doing anything special for the first Big 12 home game? whether on campus or not, or just the usual home game moves and rituals? Uh, I am not going to the game, although since it's a 3.30 game, I was kind of thinking, like, I should go out for it, like, either go to the watch party or maybe we can meet up somewhere and watch this just because, dude, when I'm... That's, like, right after nap time for my daughter, so... Interesting. Yeah. Gonna be rough. Tough tough to plan that out, but... uh... I would just leave for three and a half, four hours, and then come back. <laughs> Probably the best bet. Might have to sacrifice a little Sunday, you know. Got to pick your battles. I'll have to watch. Yeah, I'll have to watch her by myself, but yeah. it's a good trade-off. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, for anyone going to the game, this is probably going to be the best tailgate ever. Um, maybe I think there was like what? a. I think there was like a 09 Miami game that was like insane because they traveled really well for it. But I can't think of a home game that's had this much hype, uh, at least since college game day. And um, it's going to be electric. I mean, our attendance and the tailgating has been way above average compared to years past just because, you know, there's a lot of hype with us being in the Big 12 this year. And uh, being the first Big 12 home game, I, I just know so many people, even people I know that don't go to a ton of games, everyone's going to this one. So um, it, it's going to be a great, great weekend. Soak it all in uh, if you're there or, you know, enjoy us blowing them out from your couch. All right. Next one is from Michelle Engel. Which fan base slash city did you like most, Boise or K-State? Okay. So really two completely different cities. Uh, Boise is just like, you know, it's a, Pacific Northwest city with uh, some neat spots and really cool scenery. Manhattan's just a little college town in the middle of nowhere. Um, Fan base wise, so the Kansas State people were like the nicest. The Boise people were nice, but kind of like passive aggressively. Like you could tell they were just, I don't know, it was just different. It wasn't like that Midwest hospitality, but some of the people I, I met and hung out with in Boise were, like, super cool. I, that's so tough to say. Um, if I had to pick one, though, like, if, if we had the same exact schedule and I could only go to one game and all other things being equal, I would definitely say Kansas State. But I want to go back to Boise for another game. So it's tough to pick, 1A, 1B. Which uh, travel crowd was bigger for us? Like, which one do we have more fans at, do you oh, think? Jeez, dude. I don't think we had – Maybe we had like 500 at, at Kansas State. This wasn't, I feel like this was the third um, choice of away games this season. I would say one, Oklahoma, two, Boise, and three, Kansas State for people traveling, which to me, this was the biggest game and the one I was kind of most excited to, to go to. You know, first ever Big 12 game, and not a lot of people can ever say that. All right, next question is from. Seth Esquinazzi, most face Esquinazzi. 
Is that a question? Uh, yeah. I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> Who's the most face out of their brothers? Oh, uh, pff, I don't know. They're all face. Esquinazi. <laughs> Dude, hang, hanging out with them, they were like the three stooges. They're just, you know, how brothers are. The banter between the three of them was awesome. It, it was really cool to catch up with those guys. And uh, they're all, all really successful. Seth's about to have a kid. Uh, first one out of the three. So it was cool catching up with those guys and, and having a couple beers with them. All right, next one's from Jeffrey T. Sparks. How would you compare the Big 12 stadium experience to any of the AAC stadiums that you've visited? How does the bounce house measure up? Uh, well, Kansas State, I mean, they've they've put some money into this stadium, and it was it was world class. Like the the fireworks were awesome, the the scoreboard things were awesome, or the uh, like the jumbotrons, although. It was weird. It was kind of hard to find the score. They were on these little strip thingies, but they weren't on the big jumbotron. So normally you just look at the jumbotron for the score, and I kept having to like look down in the corner for the uh, for the actual score, not just the score, but you know, like the time left and all that stuff. But uh, compared to AAC stadiums, I would say, I mean, obviously it blows them all out of the water. I would say the most comparable in this is like compared to the rest of the conference, I would say it was comparable to Memphis with how Memphis sits with the rest of the conference. Like a very, very cool stadium and atmosphere, much better than most of the teams in the American. And that's kind of how Kansas State felt. Um, But I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, Anything to add? No, I, I haven't really been to any other AAC stadium. I don't US, think USF USF because really like the other two like big away game trips that I went to was like Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, you the, know, FAU. The conference games were never like destinations for us, really. Yeah. And they were almost always meaningless. Um, Tulane and SMU both had cool stadiums, really small, but very small private schools, so they didn't need anything bigger. So those were kind of nice. Um, I never went to ECU, never went to Temple, but that's just the Eagle Stadium with no one in it. Um, who are other conference opponents? Houston, Memphis. No, talked about Memphis. Uh, oh, I guess that's it. Oh, yeah. Navy. Well, and then never did that one. Well, no, I guess I went to the stadium for that game. but And then the rest, the rest of the ones I've been to, since he moved conferences with us, nippered at night. All right. Um, oh, and I just see one other straggler question here. Why is Kansas State's play clock on the roof? I couldn't find it the entire game, so thank you for telling me where it was. I ha- Maybe that's why we got all those delay of games, because I don't know. I guess that and the beer garden thing are my only gripes. Let's wrap this up. Um, any thoughts? Last final thoughts about Baylor? Yeah, I... I want to think so. I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be close, like at halftime. So now we switched. The, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be close at halftime. But I really think the crowd is gonna have to bring their A game, which I know they will. And oh, uh, the loud. students, dude, the students have been showing up, man. Early too. Students been showing up for Kent State and Villanova, like yeah. Like two hours before the game or whatever. Like it's you gotta I, I don't know how the student thing That's works. That's hard, dude. You have to get like That's a, really hard. You have to get like a pass and then it's still first come first serve. No, I agree. We used we did that a couple times and uh you know, it, it was fun because we'd wait at the gates and then rush to try and get the front row, but then you're stuck there for two hours with nothing to do and you can't really leave your seat. Big shout out to the student section for sure. They've been awesome. Um what else? Finally moved out of my old condo. Spent like the last two days just throwing crap in dumpsters. That was fun. Um, <laughs> I, just, I I'm a I think I'm a, I'm like a early onset hoarder or something like that because I had so much crap that I would have never even missed or knew that I missed if I had thrown it away. You golf nice. at all? Have you golfed at all? No golf lately. I think golf last time no, last time I played was with you. That was fun. Now we gotta figure out something to do for the game. We either gotta go to the watch party or or something. 
because I can't I can't stay here. <laughs> I can't stay at home. But... If um, if and I'm I'm on the fence about going to this. Um, have had some stuff come up, so it'll be kind of like a game time decision. But uh, if I don't make it up there, I could have we could do people at my house, possibly, or I'd be down to go up to Larry's or whatever the watch party thing is too. I feel like it'll be fun. Um, yeah, or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Definitely definitely nice having some good options uh, to watch that game. Oh, uh, big news actually today. The conference schedule Ooh. for men's basketball dropped. Uh, we do not have – I think we have Oklahoma at home. I, I saw we have Kansas. Over under four conference wins. Dude, it's it's so hard. (laughs) I know, man. Dude, they had eight teams in the tournament last year. That's insane. The Big 12. I mean, everybody's good. Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston's a freaking – was a one seed, weren't they? Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah, we're – it's going to be tough. But, you know, like I've said before – not too worried about basketball. Our football success year after year is going to drive basketball recruiting. I think I think that's kind of what's happened in the SEC. You know, at least I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm kind absolutely. of a casual fan, but they were I mean, never we're good get... in basketball and they, you know, no. seem to have been putting out some decent teams and getting a lot of talent recently. We're going to get better, future's bright. Of course we always say that. But it is. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. What's what's, yeah. what's the point of being a fan? <laughs> That's what makes sports so fun. Gives us a little extra purpose, uh, something to look forward to. And for me, I don't have any kids, so it's like my entire life. So if you're ever wondering why I'm such a crazy UCF fan, there you go. I got dogs and uh, CrossFit and UCF. Not in that order. All right, so ready to wrap this up. Go to the game if you have a chance. DJ Pauly D. Wear white. Again, wear white. DJ Pauly D uh, for the pregame concert. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, official and, uh, official after party at Night Library. It's a UCF stool, UCF probs collab. Don't really know what that means, but go to library. Take your parents there. It'll be fun. That is a kind of a tradition there. Yeah. Friday night happy hour too. Bring your parents. Oh yeah, happy hour would probably be the move. <laughs> but after the game could be could be fun. So yeah, and if I'm up there, you will definitely see me there. But uh, that's a move. Night library, we love them. Um, all right, let's end it. I right. gotta go. Thank you guys for listening. Go Knights. Charge on. Domination. Domination.